0: Welcome back to What's in the Box, a Doctor Who podcast that invites you to discuss some of your favourite or recommended stories, comics, books, companions, doctors, police box designs, or anything from the world of Doctor Who. My name's Jim, and I'll be your host as we cement together the building blocks that make Doctor Who for you. Tonight, I'm thrilled to welcome my next guest to the podcast, Mr. Rod Brown, aka Rod Who. Hello, Rod. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. How are you tonight? Good. I'm very well indeed. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be speaking to you. Yes, it's been a it's been a long time coming. It has. Well, it has. I say that it's been a it's it been a few weeks, been hasn't it? A Few it? weeks. You're
1: still relatively new to the scene.
0: <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, yeah, we're, we're, I'm. I'm still getting there. Um, I've still got a lot of people that I need to contact, but, um, but uh, yeah, I feel I'm. I feel I'm. I'm finally kind of on a on a roll at last.
1: Fantastic. Now it's sounding really good
0: good I'm, I'm pleased you're enjoying it unlike aaron who i believe was lying when he said he'd listened to my episodes
1: <laughs> yeah i think that was I was quite obvious yeah
0: <laughs>
1: well actually i have listened to them. so there we go <laughs> bless
0: him he's not coming back <laughs> I, i'm 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 lying aaron <laughs> the premise of this podcast is you know we we do some lighthearted discussions about the things that you love about doctor who briefly your journey into the show and really the things that you love about the show and what you would recommend and really you can discuss anything you want and you've picked quite some interesting categories uh, <laughs> yeah i thought i would do a
1: little bit more left field
0: but firstly i wanted to ask you uh, what's your kind of journey into doctor who how did you how did you discover the program
1: that's a very good question i don't know how I discovered it. So Doctor Who has always been with me. So I don't know how I started watching it. I don't know how I loved it. My family weren't particularly sci-fi fans. Um, but I know pretty much, I believe before I could walk and talk, I was obsessed with Doctor Who. And it's it's really difficult to kind of describe or... Uh, rationalized down at all but I just had this fixation with this show so um, I'm born in 66 I'm a real oldie (laughs) so I was what three when Patrick Troughton regenerated Um, my mum used to tell me that I made her life absolute hell for the six months from um july through to the following january because (laughs) i was so distraught that patrick troughton had gone and again i mean i have no memory of this whatsoever but i was just obsessed with doctor who already i don't know whether it's the music whether it's the monsters who knows and then my memory starts starts kicking in from john pertwee onwards and that's it i've been a lifelong fan ever since it's I've I've never it's never dipped away from me Mm. I know lots of people kind of dip in and out and have times when they're more into it and not other times but for me it's just it's never gone away it's always been absolutely at the the top of my list so yeah it's been it's it's been there right through the wilderness years from the books the magazines the obviously then the VHSs the DVDs um Big Finish yeah you name it I'm yeah Fairly obsessive, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's it's one of those it's one of those shows that never ends, isn't it? It's it's got
1: so much to offer,
0: hasn't it? I yeah. mean, it's just
1: constantly refreshing itself, which I think is. You know probably one of the key why it's still going we're in the 60th year now there's absolutely no sign of it stopping thank goodness in fact it's refreshing itself yet again by the look of it mm-hmm. so yeah I mean it's that's that's one reason that keeps us coming back I think if it was stuck in a rut it would probably not have lasted as long as it has mm-hmm. um through a series of happy accidents that we got but mm-hmm. yeah so that's probably you know one thing that's kept us all going but yeah it's just it's always been a very very strong presence in my life
0: and and there's always there always seems to be something new to discover about doctor who as well i've found it's like you can i don't think you know you can ever get done with it all you know you can't ever get done finishing it all because there's always something else that's going to pop up or something that's been there that you've that you've never dipped into you know it's
1: got a fantastic rewatch um Capacity. I mean, the number of times you can watch an episode, and you just pick up new things every time. It's you know, it really rewards you that that second, third, fourth, fifth, probably in many cases twentieth, twenty fifth viewing, but <laughs> it does still reward you. Find new things, new nuances every time. um And again, I think that's down to the you know, over the years we have had fantastic quality of writing, mm. um, and that's really what's what's held it together. Strength of script, strength of the acting, um, the strength of the conviction from. The vast majority of people involved. <laughs> mm. uh, we all have favourite eras and, and less favourite eras. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's people have believed in Doctor Who, and I think that's really showed sure. the love has shown through the screen, and I think we've all picked up on that.
0: Yeah, I think the, the the variety of it as well. I think if it it's got this ability to continuously reinvent itself, absolutely. And you know, sometimes you may find the eras that you don't like as much as the other but you know you're always gonna come back to something that you that you love there will be something come along in the future that you that you enjoy um so you know you you may not like uh say i don't know the tenant era or something you may like the jody era or you might not like the Jodie era you might be looking forward to the the Shooty era there may be something in the in the in the 70s that you weren't keen on or, or the 80s at the, but the, the, it changes that much that you can guarantee that it's always going to come back to something that you love
1: I, I always find even in bits that are not your necessarily your cup of tea there's still such huge strengths i mean maybe i'm a little bit blinkered but i there's very little that i dislike mm-hmm. um there's the odd story i can think of pretty much one classic and one modern story that are not particularly for me but apart from that and i can see, even see strength in in those two stories but apart from that yeah it's a spectrum obviously there's parts mm. that i love more than others but, but generally, yeah, there's there's a lot to love about all of it.
0: I'm, I'm really intrigued to know your uh, <laughs> your yeah. least favourite classic <laughs> and new who story now. <laughs> should, we do, should we do them? We can do, yeah. We don't have to go into too That's much good. detail on them. But yeah, it i I'm beforehand. I'm not about the hate,
1: I'm about <laughs> the love. I'm straight away <laughs> with the hate. Give me the <laughs> well, hate.
0: <laughs> hate is far too strong a word.
1: So my no. classic would be the The Chase just simply okay. I just the comedy does not land I know there are people that love it and you know good for them if they find it but for me yeah it's it's very odd sandwich between Dalek Invasion of Earth and Master Plan to have mm. this very odd semi-comedic um yeah it's the particularly the middle two episodes are pretty painful.
0: Mm, it's um, it feels a little bit ropey doesn't it the chase itself. It uh, i mean i i really like the chase uh, uh i kind of dial down my iq a little bit when i'm when i'm watching the chase <laughs> but it's uh it's kind of one of those stories that i i watched as a as a kid and i kind of i grew to like it but it it is it does feel a little bit like Terry Nation is a little bit tired of the Daleks at that point and doesn't really know what to do with them. So yeah, I can I can really see your your reasoning behind that. Yeah,
1: and then watch uh, recently we were obviously doing the rewatch, as most of us did, when the season two Blu-ray came out. Mm. The the quality just of dialogue and acting, just there was such a land, there was such a shift between episode six the chase into episode one of Time Meddler. Mm. We thought, oh my god, it's back. Mm. <laughs> it's back. Great. But yeah, yeah. The Chase is not particularly for me. Um, my modern story would be Legend of the Sea Devils. Oh, okay. Which, yeah, was personally disaster from um, disaster from start to end. I'm very interested. Hopefully, one day we'll find out what happened behind the scenes. Mm. I believe it lost about 15 minutes of screen time, but yeah, shocking. And I was so looking forward to it. Um, the the trailer with the uh, animatronic sea devil really mm. excited me, but boy, no, was a real clunker.
0: I'm I'm a huge Jody Jody era fan, and um, I was it, myself. I was I was slightly disappointed by the story. I do, I, I think you're right that there's there's quite a chunk missing out of that from somewhere. And I've heard things mentioned in 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 forums around about the time it was broadcast, and and I don't know the full ins and outs, but that the, there was a lot of stuff that had to be cut from it. And I'm I'm really intrigued to know the reasons behind it, because it's quite a fascinating... It is.
1: Production seems, yeah. But what landed on screen was, yeah, I think I probably would have missed it. But to be honest, I mean, they are just some odd decisions. The minute you've got a Mm. a sea devil leaping like Superman from one ship to another, it's like, what is going on here? (laughs) Why are these even sea devils? Because they don't have any of the traits or motivations or sympathies that we've had before. It was just a very, very odd story. Very clunky. I know they were dealing with COVID times too, so the production obviously had limitations on it. But yeah, mm. I think I probably would have jumped that and gone from Eve of the Daleks, which was excellent, mm-hmm. um, through to Power of the Doctor, and yeah. happily left Legends the Sea Devil in in a bin somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, a good idea. I think and 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 as a special as well, it's just it's severely lacking as a special. Oh, you know, yeah. you kind of like well, this this would probably be a middling uh, mid season episode. You know, of a not of a of a normal run, not a yes. not an Easter special, which should go out all guns blazing. You know, special, basically, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. yeah, special.
1: <laughs> it's in the name, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so those are my two. But apart from that,
1: it's all about the love here. So let's move mm. away from our negatives yeah. and onto the positives. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'll move on to your topics then. So you, yeah. the first topic that you've picked was the one that really uh, intrigued me, actually, because I do not know much about this at all. So this is all going to be on you. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to do a little bit of research into it. It's, it's something that I, I, I'd heard about, um, but it's uh, it's nothing that I'd, I'd visited before. So uh, would you like to... Uh, let our listeners know what we're going to be discussing.
1: So I picked for my first category, my favourite place. And my favourite place was Blackpool Exhibition back in the 70s and 80s. So cast your mind
0: well you can't
1: cast your mind back you're too young jim that's the trouble <laughs> i'm feeling
0: very old here oh not at all i, I was born 1982 so i am uh, i i am getting there <laughs> <laughs> on, on the on the broadcast date of black orchid episode two i believe oh, so 1982 was yeah. yesterday <laughs> <laughs> So
1: I'm sure you're aware of Blackpool Exhibition. So back in the yes. 70s and 80s, we had an exhibition in Blackpool, just off the Golden Mile, and one in Longleat. So mm-hmm. I grew up in South Manchester, so Blackpool was very close for us. Mm-hmm. So off in 1974, the first year that it opened, we, uh, we toddled up to, to Blackpool. Um, and it was... I, I didn't know what to expect. I, I'm fairly sure I knew we, if I did know that we were going there but i turned around the corner of this very nondescript street off the golden mile and there was a police box or part of a police box sticking out of a building and all i could hear up and down the street was the doctor who theme music um and you've got to bear in mind it's really difficult now for people to empathize with this because you know life has significantly moved on but in those days just hearing that music was special because you only heard it once a week on a saturday night Mm. Um, i didn't have the record of the theme didn't actually know it existed because if I had, I would have badgered my parents to death for it. <laughs> um, but that was the only time you heard it. I hadn't taped it off the TV then as I did in later years with the good old uh recorder up against the TV, like lots of us did. Mm-hmm. So this was 1974. So I was I was eight. So I hadn't got to those heady heights yet. Again, I had been pestering my parents for a tape recorder to do that, but uh, to no avail, unfortunately, by that point. <laughs> um so yeah, so just hearing that music was was magical to start with. Um, I was just transfixed. There was this, so I think he said enter the TARDIS. And I wow. of course had no idea what to expect. So you walked through, you only had part of the fascia of the TARDIS, slightly sticking out of a building. You walked into the building, first thing steps down. So you walk mm-hmm. down about 20 steps into pitch darkness. And then at the bottom of the stairs in pitch darkness, there's a there's a maze. Basically, it took you around a maze. You started off with about eight cabinets with props. Mm-hmm. Some were um animated, so fairly rudimentary, as I'm sure you can imagine, in those <laughs> days. Um, so you might have had a Dalek on a on a rail going round, but that was saved for the, the big area that we'll we'll come to in a minute, or it might have just had an ice talk moving with a bit of uh tape recording in the background of a Dalek talking. But a lot of them were, were static props. So mm-hmm. they were props from probably the most recent series. And as it went through, I say, it ran from 74 to 85. Every year, the exhibition was refreshed with new props. And particularly j t was very keen on it. So very much updated every year with, with what was current. There were a few older props, but not many. Um, and you walked around in the pitch black through this corridor. So you were pretty much feeling your way. <laughs> <laughs> the only light source was from the cabinets. There were glass, big glass cabinets that the the props were behind. So you went through about six or eight looking at various monsters displays. Uh, and then you got through to the big central area of the exhibition, which was a big mock-up of the TARDIS console. And oh, then wow. around the console, again, were kind of glass-enclosed uh, exhibits that you walked around. So there were about another three areas there. But they were more kind of tableaus and trying to tell a small story so you'd have Three or four items in one area, uh, and then you out to a small, small gift shop, um, and up the stairs and out. So wow. it is very small. I don't know whether you ever got down to the uh, Doctor Experience in Cardiff. Uh,
0: I didn't in unfortunately years. no, and it's one of those big regrets in my life that I never, that I never managed to go and visit there. Um, I, I, I kind of hope that they might bring it back. Uh, now uh, Russell's uh, back in charge. I but would
1: imagine we'll they probably will do in one way, shape, or form. It, yeah. was, it was amazing. Um, but, I mean, it was Blackpool on on speed.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it
1: was vast. You know, you were taken through in a kind of role play area by someone dressed in a Time Lord. You had 3D weeping angels coming out at you. You know, I mean, it was. Yeah. And then you went upstairs to a massive warehouse of, of props from all areas of the show. It, that was huge wow. it was amazing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it was huge blackpool was very much done on a on a budget shall we say kind of probably reflected the show at the time but for an eight-year-old and certainly actually throughout the entire life of the time that i went there up to up to 1985 when it sadly closed mm-hmm. it was absolutely magical because it was the only chance to to see props to interact with it As i say originally it was the only place where i actually heard the doctor Who theme outside mm-hmm. of the tv so yeah it was absolutely amazing to see I loved it adored it it was like the annual pilgrimage
0: and i suppose being a, being a child kind of going into into something like that and being surrounded by those things that you'd that you'd seen on tv and you know you kind of i think you're right that you these days you you can walk around these sort of places all the time and uh, and see props and you know you get so used to everything given instant. to you now. Yeah, yeah everything is instant. That to to experience something like that as a, as a child, you know, I can imagine how amazing that would have been. You know, because the, the only thing I know about it is I I, I think there was a, a a clip on the Colin Baker years tape that VHS yes. that was released, and I I think Colin and Nicola Bryant were were in, were they in Bessie? They may have been in Bessie driving. I think they were.
1: Yeah, there was definitely, there was a Bessie that was constantly Mm. going up and down the Blackpool uh, Golden Mile to attract people to go to it. Um, You'd have people during the summer Um, people would dress up in some of the costumes and I've got a story about that for you in a minute (laughs) and they'd walk out in costumes again up and down the Blackpool mile saying come and see the Doctor Who exhibition so they made a lot of it it was a very popular attraction Um, but yeah it was it was just it was just magical I mean I was shaking like a leaf walking into that police box it was just (laughs) the excitement and the anticipation of what was going to be down there Again, you know, as a child, you want to kind of capture. That. I remember in probably the very late seventies, um, I borrowed my sister's Polaroid to try and take some photos because I thought, how can I capture what I'm seeing? Mm. I've got to have some. Some, you know, there were no magazines. I don't think Doctor Who Monthly, and it was 79 the Monthly Star, the Weekly started in those days, but I don't. Th- so it must have been pre that because mm. there was so few places to get any, any, even a photograph. So yeah. I duly took my sister's Polaroid down and took a few photos it was gutted when we came out and pretty much all you could see was dark pitch black oh <laughs> you no. can make out a few little lights but yeah no it wasn't good. i still treasured them because i yeah. used to stare at them and think i can just about make out the shape of a mandrel's head there i'm sure that's a i'm <laughs> i think that's an i <laughs> but yeah it was uh but it was absolutely magical and i really treasured those times going to um black Bull exhibition
0: it's talking talking about fo- taking photos um I uh I remember visiting I think it was Lincoln Toy Museum back in the 90s and there was an original 1960s dalek in the toy shop it's not a toy shop it was like a museum um and I took a photo of it but unfortunately I I don't know what I did but I opened the back of the camera my mum's camera oh, no. <laughs> I don't I don't know how it how it worked and how this happened but when the pictures got developed somehow the the picture of the 1960s dalek had been overlapped or exposed with a photo of my sister standing with the Chuckle Brothers. Uh, (laughs) So you kind of had this weird kind of ghosting of both of them melded together. You were trying to recreate the chase. That's what you were trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) That must have been it, yeah. (laughs) I get that because, again, during, you know, I was a teenager, kid kid slash teenager during the wilderness years. And uh, although there was probably more about You know in the 90s it still felt like you know if you ever saw anything on tv relating to doctor who in the 90s you were like oh wow you know uh, i need to record that they might show it they might show a clip or you know if you if you were to see again see a a life-size dalek in a in a museum it was like wow you know you don't you just don't see that you didn't see that back then
1: no Uh, we didn't very true
0: but there's um I, I mean I was I was looking up a little bit about it and and again I um <laughs> I opened a bit of a um a rabbit hole and uh, there's a there's an excellent website I don't know if you've if you've seen it called Blackpool remembered
1: I have indeed yeah it's oh, absolutely. And- it brings back so many memories yeah it's superb <laughs>
0: I was I was having a little look through it this this week um, in the in the lead up to this, and y- you can download the a, a PDF booklet, uh, not booklet, but an actual book about it. And I think it's something like three to four hundred pages long.
1: It is indeed.
0: And I was looking at it, I was thinking, I re- I I need to read this, but I really don't have the time at the moment. <laughs> but it, was... it shows you the layout every year from yeah. seventy
1: four to eighty five, and it just yeah the memories come flooding back. Yeah, because it, it was just it was just unique. And then to give you another example, why, you know, why it felt so unique at the end, just before you walked out, before you got to ye oldie gifty shop, there was a tiny little TV screen flickering at the top and they were playing apart from the, you know, something from the show. And again, wow. I was actually seeing real Doctor Who on a TV screen that wasn't in my front room on a Saturday yeah. night. and. You know, the video was kind of, home video was starting to come in, but but we suddenly hadn't got one at that stage. So again, mm. it was just, I want to stand there for hours. I remember the uh, Tom Baker regeneration being on there in, in 81 and just wanting to watch it over and over and over and over again. And my parents get very frustrated saying, come uh-huh. on, let's move on. I just want to watch it for the eighth time, please. That's yeah, fantastic. it, was, it was an amazing place. I've got one, one story for you, actually, mm-hmm. that uh, was, yeah, quite... Uh, quite a momentous memory for me and really sticks in the memory. So we'd been through the exhibition. I reckon this was 76 or 77. So I'm still, what, 10 or 11. So we went through the exhibition. We'd be there early in the morning. Um, we went through, got through to the gift shop. Bear in mind, it's pretty much pitch black in the kind of visitor areas you walk through. And just by the gift shop, there was a crinoid. And it was the man <laughs> dressed as the semi formed oh, wow. crinoid. So half taken over. So in, in the suit, in uh-huh. the full rubber suit, apart from one glove. So his hand was showing and exposed. And in the other hand, he had the the crinoid glove that he wanted to put on. He couldn't get it on because the other hand obviously was covered with the, with the latex. Mm-hmm. So in a very... <laughs> quite scary way he kind of raises hand. his he must have known what he was doing and very slowly beckons me over with one finger saying <laughs> come here little child um and I was petrified now my parents believed that's because I thought this crinoid was real mm. um that wasn't the true story the true story was uh in 1976 I stayed up late to watch a series called Beasts uh, which was an anthology series on ITV, written by Nigel Neal. So I knew it was something sci-fi. So yeah. I'd been very naughty. My parents had been in bed on a Friday night, so I'd stayed up to night or t- till ten o'clock to watch this series because I knew there was a sci-fi link to it, and I was always hoping there'd be something Doctor Who in there. Mm-hmm. But one of those episodes, which absolutely terrified the bejesus out of me, was an episode about a man who was an actor who was playing a monster in a sci-fi series and became so obsessed with the role that he actually believed he was this monster. And so he went on the rampage in the monster costume. It was probably looks, if I watched it now, it would probably look incredibly creaky. But (laughs) to a child who was obsessed with Doctor Who and rubber monsters, it was absolutely terrifying. So to wow. see this crinoid stood there beckoning to me, I didn't think it was a real crinoid. I knew it was a man dressed as a crinoid, but to my mind, I went back to this drama of this man being possessed. <laughs> so I thought, he is a man in a suit, but he thinks he's a crinoid. And he's beckoning <laughs> over to strangle me. So yeah, I was rooted to the spot. Uh, so so even more was terrifying,
0: terrifying. Than, a, than, a, than the idea that it is a real crinoid. <laughs> absolutely.
1: So yeah, I was absolutely terrified. So my sister, who was three years older, went, went forward and helped him on with the glove. And I got duly mocked by my family for many years to come. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a very formative memory. And uh, I remember being terrified.
0: <laughs> Sounds like such an experience as well. I, just, yeah. I mean, I've been to, I've been to Blackpool a few times, but, uh, unfortunately it, it was it, it long since, since gone at that point. Um, I believe it. That, am I, am I right in thinking that it, they brought it back for a little while in, in, in the Nordics. They
1: did. We went crikey, yeah. Probably it was in a different place. Um, so it wasn't in the same building. But yeah, we ah. did we did go one year, yeah, probably right, late eight, nine, something like that, two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. Ah right, um, okay lots of props were falling to bits by that stage because they had a lot of the original props. And they oh, really? So they... Worse for
0: wear. Oh, right. Okay. So, because I, I assumed I assumed it would have been kind of newer stuff, but so th- so they actually... No, it was a lot of the original stuff
1: was <laughs> still, but it was, yeah. Oh, wow. Steep missing, arms falling off the latex, just, yeah, having yeah. disintegrated over the years. It looked quite <laughs> sad, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> it was right. definitely definite smell of, uh, you know, decaying rubber in the air.
0: Fantastic. Okay, well, well, so, uh, well, hopefully there'll be a, a revival of something like that one day because I do think that it's, uh, I think it's a great experience for for a child to be and for an adult as well to be able to absolutely. to walk around something like that. And again, it's you know I regret I regret not going to the Doctor Who experience. Uh, I mean, I've seen those clips of uh, of Peter Capaldi uh, appearing um, I mean, to the kids school, and, trance and trance yeah. oh my yeah, word, absolutely. Oh dear. What what an experience it that would be, you know. So hopefully hopefully in the yeah. in the coming years we we'll, we might get something like that. Yeah, you must again.
1: go if it comes again because yeah. it's it's a definite experience.
0: Absolutely. I'd love to I'd love to I'd love to take my son to something like that as well because he's he's well he's turning 6 this weekend so it's kind of um he's kind of getting to that age now where he's uh is paying attention to Doctor Who. He knows what it is, but he's starting to pay attention to the to the stories now. So, yeah, <laughs> yes, time. I must, uh, I must uh, not poison his mind too much with it. But <laughs> I'll let him find his own way. <laughs> <laughs> we shall move on to your uh, second topic as well, which again yeah. I, I found this very interesting as well. We're going to be speaking about some music this time, aren't we?
1: We are. We are. So again, I thought. Let's do something a bit different. So I went for my favourite piece of incidental music in Doctor Who. And my God, there's a lot to choose from, isn't there? Oh,
0: yeah, there is a lot. So,
1: yeah, music's always been important to me and Doctor Who music probably more than anything. So, you know, probably at university, my contemporaries were listening to whatever they were listening to. And I was sat there listening to, you know, Space Adventure and, mm. <laughs> and the incidental music from the 1980s, 81 season of Doctor Who. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I did get the mickey <laughs> taken out of me quite a bit, let's just say. Um, but I, I think the music, um, I mean, the, leaving the opening music aside, which is just unique and wonderful and you mm. know can't be praised highly enough. But I think the music, the incidental music to Doctor Who has always definitely been part of its appeal as well. Mm. It's been such a strong characteristic in the show. And again, I think I pretty much universally love all of I mean, I can't imagine the Sea Devils without that malcolm Mm. clark score as god-awful as it sounds when you listen to it in isolation Mm. um when you watch it with the show it's it's amazing it's different it's unique it's you know it's it's characteristic it's fantastic yeah um there's the odd duffer um i think Death the daleks with its poodling introduction of daleks kind of diminishes their their terror a little bit when they come on but then five minutes later you've got that really atmospheric chanting of the excellons. Yes. And a yeah. lovely bit of melodic music to introduce the city. So every mm. time you get a little duff bit, you get plenty of, of joy afterwards. And I love Dudley Simpson. You know, growing up obviously the majority of uh, certainly of Tom's era was was Dudley pretty much exclusively apart from from a couple of Douglas Canfield stories. It's it's pretty much Dudley Simpson through and through. Mm. And it gives that era such a character and such a uniformity that yes. actually the stories are doing very, very different things, but you've yeah. got that music that tells you, yeah, this is Doctor Who, and you know that's Doctor Who stencil music. Yeah. and then it... we move to the eighties, and you know the Radiophonic Orchestra comes in, and there's some amazing stuff in there. Again, a few fairly idiosyncras- <laughs> idiosyncratic <laughs> pieces. Um, there's a lot of again a lot of fantastic music in there, and then we move to of course late late eighties and. I will not hear a bad word said against Kev McCulloch, despite nope. the fact that most people will say bad things about him.
0: Not um, me, not me. I, I grew up on you, with the 70s, uh, 70s? Sorry, with the Seventh Doctor. I grew up with the Seventh Doctor uh, stories. And uh, yeah, no, I absolutely adore the music from that era. Absolutely. Yeah, I, c- I
1: can't it. imagine, again, can you imagine Battlefield or Remembrance or Time in the Rani without that kind of energetic and pace and... It's yes, okay, screams the eighties, but it gives it such energy, and I think sets it apart from what else was on TV at the time. It just gives it, yeah, gives it real character. Does. Um, And then, of course, we come to the modern era. Now, I love John Williams' music for Star Wars and Star Wars Suite. I love that big bombastic orchestral music Mm -hmm. that really hits me in the feels. So, so Murray's music for me has always been the absolute pinnacle. Mm Right the way through, I know a lot of people can say we went off the ball towards the end. I would heartily disagree. Mm. Uh, I think his themes are fantastic. I mean, the 12th Doctor's theme, I don't think can be beaten for a Doctor theme. Although yeah. I must say, the 15th Doctor's theme is is growing on me, as I've heard it a few times.
0: Yes, um, yeah.
1: But yeah, Murray Gold I think, is absolutely stupendous. And you've got, you know, you've got, again, such a range of music and styles. You've got songs in there. When did we ever have songs? Yeah. Um, you know, I shed a tear every time i listen to like the long song from the rings of akuten or abigail's song from christmas carol yeah amazing and just this music okay it tells you a little bit what to feel when to feel it but i don't mind i would i'm happy with that when Uh. it's when the music is as good as it is
0: and I think as well, it's uh, people saying that he, he he lost his way a little bit in the latest. Actually, I don't think he did. Actually, I think he's he he matured into his music a little bit. I found a lot of the music maybe in series one and two quite could be quite overbearing sometimes. Um,
1: he was fine in, in way, a good the rest way. Of the production team were
0: yeah, but I think by the time we'd got to you kind of your your you Matt Smith era and the Capaldi era, no, I think it's fantastic. I mean. You know, something like the Shepherd's Boy. Oh my word! I've run to that. I've, I've, because I'm a runner. I've run to that music before, and I swear I go faster and faster the, the closer <laughs> it it builds to the crescendo <laughs> towards the end of it. And it's no, it's 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 amazing. It's um, he's not my favourite composer, but yeah, he's definitely uh, he's definitely up
1: there. And I think I've struggled a little bit with Segina Canola following um Murray Gold because he's got such a different style. I, mean, mm. I find it very hard to put on an album. Of second, I can this music mm. and listen to it. It's it's mood music. It's a little bit too generic for me. It hasn't got that bombast that I like personally. That that mm. bombast that Murray does just appeals to me and hits me in the feels. So yeah. I found second stuff, yeah, paled a little bit in in I, in comparison.
0: I think with Murray's bad, but it just didn't. It, it's it just different, didn't isn't it? To me,
1: in the same yeah, it just didn't talk to me in the same way.
0: Yeah, I think I think Murray's music is different. And that you could you could just select a track to listen to and you yeah. you you know, you you're there. I think Segan's music is a lot more I think it complements the episodes rather than stands out from them, if that makes any if that makes it any does. sense.
1: I think there have been a few times in the last few years when I've watched all other dramas. There are actually other dramas on T V um <laughs> really <laughs> apart from doctor <laughs> i believe so someone's told me <laughs> but
0: i'll we'll have, have to point few... me into the into the yeah. direction <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a dark abyss to go into <laughs> but sometimes i've heard that kind of mood music and i thought mm. is this second i Canola doing the music because it sounded so similar I got mm. to the end and it wasn't Whereas i didn't get that with murray murray was mm. that music was unique to doctor who okay yes they used donna's theme on the apprentice um, which was a very irritating <laughs> but I was just lifted wholesale that was always quite quite surprising <laughs> but yeah I, I, I struggled with that but then I'm going to pick my favourite bit of incidental music from the whole of Doctor mm-hmm. and i have to caveat all of this with saying when I say my favourite it's probably my favourite for today and this moment in time because mm-hmm. tomorrow it will probably be something different <laughs> but I am going to pick for today to put into the hat I'm going to pick the Paris music from city of death episode one fantastic I, choice I just it's so different to everything else that Dudley was doing at the time mm. um I mean I was this was the age I was now at this point um audio taping Doctor Who from the tv so my family were having to stay completely silent for 25 minutes on the Saturday um <laughs> as the tape recorder uh sat up against the uh the tv um and I was constantly panicking thinking what if it stops what if it doesn't work properly what if the tape jams um <laughs> but yeah so i listened to that so i've listened to this piece of music i couldn't tell you how many thousands of times um mm-hmm. but it's a beautiful piece of music i think whenever i was out walking after that for the next five six seven years i had that music running through my head <laughs> uh it's joyous it's beautiful it just feels different it matches the, the mood of Tom and Lala running through the streets hand in hand, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And I'm going to be really pretentious. But um, there's a quote in episode four of City of Death, uh, when John Cleese and Eleanor Bronn were talking about seeing the TARDIS. John Cleese says to Eleanor since it's got no call to be here, the art lies in the fact that it is here. Mm -hmm. And I would say that quote applies to that piece of music because it doesn't need to be there. We don't need to have that beautiful melody running through the streets. But it is there and it is art and it's amazing. And I love it.
0: It is wonderful. It's uh, one of those pieces that for me, it, it does stand out a lot because, I, I like Dudley Simpson, but I don't always find that a lot of his music stands out. Again, it it complements the, the the stories, and you, you feel like you're in a safe pair of hands with with Dudley. And and you know that's not to knock his him. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah That's yeah. not um, because he's got some fantastic pieces, but certainly the the city of death music the paris scenes it sticks in your mind i went to paris a few years ago and and i was i was walking around there and all i could hear was that music in my <laughs> yeah. head because it's, it's just it? yeah it's absolutely wonderful it kind of and 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 the way it kind of switches as well uh yeah. from scene to scene so you've you know you've kind of got that upbeat you know as they're as they're running through and then you've got yes. the the mysterious uh, the mysterious sections when 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 Duggan's following them,
1: yep. you know, behind, and it just <laughs> it
0: just it just it just flows so well with with uh, with the footage that they oh, that just they got shot. All
1: those little snippets of of uh, dialogue in how to you base yum yum. <laughs> and it's just yeah. It's it's beautiful piece of music. I think that could be set on its own and just mm. uh, listened to, enjoyed as a as a standalone piece of music. Glorious.
0: I was trying to find some recordings of it uh, the other day uh, on YouTube, and I couldn't find any kind of clean recordings. I don't think of ever been
1: commercially released? No, I've never. I've never managed to acquire a, a commercial release of that which is real shame maybe yeah. silver screen will uh i mean i know they're shortly doing time and the rani and uh revenge of the cybermen so hopefully one of yeah. these days we'll get uh the unabridged version of city of death music that would be lovely
0: let's hope so because it's uh it's a crime that you that you can't just flick that on and and drift away to paris while listening absolutely. to it absolutely uh, and um did they do it in the 60th anniversary concert that was on just recently did they play the city of death music
1: i i'm gonna hold my hands up and say it's in my drive to watch and i've not got
0: Ah, to watching (laughs) it okay i don't i i'm i may be misremembering and it was only a few weeks ago but my memory is terrible i know they did it for the 2013 the 50th they did 50th one and i believe that they redid it again with they did the classic section for the for the 60th anniversary and uh, i believe they play it it's well. crying out for a commercial release. Isn't oh, it? Come on. yeah! I mean, I mean, and I was going to ask you actually, how do you uh, how do you feel about the the Sharda music then, which kind of apes it a little bit? Mm,
1: I don't think Dudley would have done that. And I, no disrespect to Mark, who did a yeah. fantastic job, but it's just a little bit too similar, isn't it? And I think Dudley wouldn't yeah. have done that, and to me that piece of music should just stay a city of death because that's mm. what it is and i know it wasn't a, a complete reuse of it it was a modified version rescored and mm-hmm. but yeah it, it was a little bit similar wasn't it
0: yeah maybe they should
1: have stuck with kef's music from the original <laughs>
0: release oh, the uh da-da, yeah. da-da. absolutely <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit too uh, on the nose Because because the thing is, you, you listen to it, the shadow music And you're expecting it to go into City of Death And it, it doesn't It does take
1: you out of it, it all, but Yes, it, it does Yeah,
0: it's, it takes you away from the story uh, I still think it's, it's it's still a lovely piece of music But it, yeah, I agree with you They should have they should have done something different, I think yeah. Rather than would trying d- to
1: Would Dudley have done that?
0: No, he wouldn't <laughs> No, he wouldn't have done it at all it, I, I think it's a shame that he left the show as well uh, I think uh, as much as I love some of the radiophonic stuff that came along in the 80s, it is a shame that he was never brought back to do anything to do. anything yeah, I think further probably would have
1: thrown Baby out with the bathwater, but that was J&T. He wanted to put his stamp on the show, didn't he? So yeah. out with the old, in with the new. But yeah, you're right. It would have been nice to hear him come back as one of the kind of regulars along against the Peter Howells of this world, that would have been good. But yeah, it was not to be.
0: So if you're listening Silver Screen Records, please let's get a uh, release of this fantastic music as soon as possible, please. It'll probably come out before the, the, the uh, Series 10 soundtrack Ten. at this rate. <laughs> we are being promised that shortly. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's about time that one came out as well, I think. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> okay, so your third topic which you wanted to discuss was your favourite cliffhanger or one of your favourite cliffhangers. Is is it your favourite cliffhanger or one of your favourites?
1: Again, you know, I'm going to take you through a few of my favourites. How do you pick one? You you Mm. just don't, isn't it? I mean, the old cliche is how do you pick your favourite child? How do you pick (laughs) your favourite cliffhanger? There's just, there's too many and there's so much quality there. Um, So again, I'm going to go back a little bit. So again, growing up for me, you know, cliffhangers were such an essential part of the show. Um, You know, we're talking about an era when, as I said before, your experience of Doctor Who was that 25 minutes on a Saturday night and you were left then with a usually pretty damn amazing cliffhanger. And I obsessed about that cliffhanger for the next seven days. You know, what was going to happen next? How is the doctor going to get out of it? How was, was the companion going to live or die? These were really important matters to me as a child. <laughs> and I think we've lost a lot of that now. And certainly the kind of binge culture now we're in a, you know, we're in an era where everything's dropped on on iPlayer and you just mm-hmm. sit and watch from start to finish. And I think the sadness for me, for people experiencing classic Who now is that they don't get that thrill of the the cliffhanger. Uh, they don't, I guess, get to kind of appreciate what it meant to wait between episodes between, mm. you know, seven days was such a long time as a child when you were just desperate to know what happened next. And, you know, generally the standard of the cliffhangers was very good. They, they gave a lot of thought to it. Very difficult when you're doing a you know 23-minute episode, once you've taken out the music, to mm. tell a story and land a really good cliffhanger. And mm-hmm. my God, there's a blooming good hit rate in there. So, yeah, my favourite cliffhangers. I'm going to discount the modern series straight away. And that's not to say that there aren't good cliffhangers in there, because there certainly aren't. Things like, I would even pick out Aliens of London, so... Mm. russell's first big cliffhanger my god he wants to recapture the nostalgia that we all felt as children so he was Absolutely. going to give you three cliffhangers in one uh, <laughs> they might all be the same everyone being menaced by Slovene, but you know <laughs> it was such a big build went on probably for about five minutes but hey i loved it because yeah. it was it was really indulging my nostalgia yeah. um silence in the library i'd pick out again a brilliant soundscape of you know dave and who turned out the lights mm-hmm. um Donna, Donna Noble has left the library. You've got all of that sound going in, crashes into the music, superb. And I cannot name a cliffhanger without mentioning World Enough and Time when we've got Johnson's master, Missy and Bill converted into a Cyberman. I mean, Mm -hmm. what an amazing cliffhanger. Love that. But what I will say about the modern series cliffhangers is nine times out of 10, we've ended up with a next time trailer afterwards or a little bit afterwards. I just think that I know that's modern television, how modern television is these days, but we didn't get that as, a, as children. We have that no. cliffhanger and that was it. So you had no idea. You no. know, you pretty much knew the doctor was going, well, you did when you got to a certain age, you knew that the doctor was going to get out of it, but you didn't know how, you didn't know anything that was coming. No. It was completely blank to you and you had seven days to sweat it. Yeah. Um, and that really made those cliffhangers so important. And I think we we lose that now. And at the next time trailer doesn't really work for me in that sense.
0: I agree, and and I I, th- I actually think the only time the new series has done it like the classic series was at the end of the Stolen Earth, where Tenant yes. regenerates because we didn't get a we didn't get anything. We didn't know oh, what we were going to get. It was a it was a two big continue. There was no next time trailer. I don't I don't believe there was a next time trailer. No, but I don't think there was. I think you're right on that one. We definitely didn't see any any clips uh, coming, so we were left hanging, literally yeah. hanging for that week. We didn't know what we were going to get. And I think Oh my the,
1: god, didn't it set the internet alight? <laughs> oh, it
0: did. Oh my word. Yeah. And that, that is that is I think that's the only time that the that the new series has has done that and not actually given a clue as to where we're going and uh, and gone back to that old uh, style cliffhanger from the from the classic series.
1: Yeah no I think you're absolutely right absolutely right. And it is it is a shame because it is it was such part of the experience of Doctor Who was having that cliffhanger. I mean it goes back to the old you know the old black and white Flash Gordon serials. Mm. I know mean, I used to watch those again as a child. They were played endlessly during school holidays. I don't know whether it's the same for you in the in the eighties, whether they were still pushing them out on BBC in the mornings, but oh, certainly. certainly in the seventies, growing up, they were mm-hmm. they were ubiquitous. You had them every blooming summer holiday, and mm. they always fudged the cliffhangers. You know, Flash would end up falling off a cliff at the end of episode. You turn, in the next day. Oh, he never fell off the cliff at all. He was just standing at the side. So <laughs> they cheated along. Doctor Who never did. Well, he <laughs> always never did that. <laughs> but I thought of a few cliffhangers just to kind of set the tone for, for what really... Re- and these are ones that resonated for me as a child. They're not necessarily ones I've picked out now, but I've, I've thought about a few that really sang to me as a child. So the first one was and this is really bizarre, I'm not quite sure why this spoke to me, but it did, was Spearhead from Space, episode three. So it's where the fake General Scobie comes through the door into mm. General Scobie's house. Mm. Very odd. There's no doctor in it. There's no companion in it. So I was just coming up to four the first time Spearhead went out. So this was from the repeat, and the real reason I know it was from the repeat that they did the following year in 1971, so I was then five, was because I remember I was watching it on my own, which I didn't mm-hmm. usually do. But because it was a repeat, uh, I was watching it on my own. And I remember running out into the garden so overcome with fear and anxiety <laughs> <laughs> to to grabbed my father who was doing some gardening so that's why I know it was on during the summer not in January so that's why I know it was the uh, the repeat uh from the 71 summer so I just wanted to tell him how what an amazing and how scary it was and I was very quickly batted away with what well, you saw that last year it was three I didn't remember <laughs> it, it was kind of still new to me at that age but I was terrified by that cliffhanger and I remember that moment of seeing that just mm. Why maybe it was the very plasticky face. Mm. Don't know. But that cliffhanger was the first. I mean, I have memories of other stories before that. Yeah. Uh, remember bits of inferno and um Terror mm. of the Autons had been on that year and yeah, various bits of the 71 season, which were before the spearhead repeat. But as an actual cliffhanger, that that one' was probably the first cliffhanger that absolutely terrified me.
0: That's interesting because um when you mentioned that I had to think about what The Cliffhanger was because my experience of Speared from Space is from the Omnibus edition on on yeah, VHS. So it wasn't what was until... What I'm talking about, you yeah, lose it. Yeah, you do, you do. And and many, it wasn't until, what, many years later when the DVD came out that I actually saw these the cliffhangers and as they were meant to be at the end of episodes so it's 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 interesting you know sometimes you can't you can't pinpoint where these cliffhangers yeah, would have really been not
1: an, it's really not an obvious one it's and not an obvious such one an impact no. on me i've no idea but i can still see myself running into the garden (laughs) (laughs) age five being absolutely full of panic and fear and oh my god you won't believe what just happened sure i didn't say oh my god but uh... (laughs) yes that one really sticks with me so a few others that really stick with me um as cliffhangers only so Mm -hmm. planets the daleks episode one the spraying of the dark Mm -hmm hey, the show was called Planets of the Daleks, and I am you. It's called
0: Plants of the Daleks, but even so... It doesn't take away from the impact it of that cliffhanger. absolutely not
1: take away. As a child, so when people say, oh, it's in the title, we know. Yeah, but as a child, even when you know it's in the title and you yeah. know it's coming, my God, that moment was fantastic. Yeah. Similarly, I suppose another monster reveal, Time Warrior episode one, when Lynx takes mm-hmm. off the helmet, very, very impactful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Genesis 2, so Sarah falling from the gantry in the freeze frame. Yeah. Freeze frame is very effective because I've got another freeze frame next to Planet of Evil 2 when Tom yeah. falls into the black into hole. The pit, there yeah. was something about the freeze frame that just really, I don't know what it was, but they, they used it very, very sparingly. But when they did use it, those two really cemented on my mind and yeah, full of su- panic for those two.
0: I suppose it's the freeze frame works because it's, it's holding that image there for a moment and giving yeah. you those that maybe extra second to think to look at it and think wow you know what's how is he? how's he gonna it's it's giving the child a, a moment to process what's happening yes. before it cuts out rather than just a sudden we're into the titles it's like yeah. whoa okay and then off we go you and know so really
1: reinforces that i mean i'm yeah. so falling from that country it's just like mm it's the end of my world. What's going yeah. on? Sarah's not going to make it. <laughs> this can't happen. Uh, so, yeah, other ones, Android Invasion 2, where uh, mm-hmm. the, the fake Sarah gets revealed. Very, very strong in my mind. Uh, Deadly Assassin, episode two, with yeah. Tom's leg being caught in the railway. I mean, these are great, great cliffhangers, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Earthshock, part one. Oh, my yeah. God. So by then, what? I'm 60th year of your birth. Just, you were <laughs> alive for this, Jim, so you should remember this one. <laughs> <laughs> You're at least two weeks old by now. <laughs> I,
0: I, I'm sure I was possibly sat in a high my high chair somewhere <laughs> with Shock on in the background. <laughs> oh, my God. So
1: JNT's decision not to spoil the uh, return of the Cybermen certainly worked for me as a 16 year old. Wow. I got on the phone that evening to every person from school that I knew just and nobody else was a Doctor Who fan. And they thought I was completely bonkers, (laughs) but I just had to speak to people and say, oh my God, it's the Cybermen, the Cybermen. (laughs) I was just so overcome with excitement. And yeah, I think everyone thought I was a slightly crazed individual, (laughs) but I just had to get off my chest the excitement. Remembrance part two. Now, this Mm -hmm. is not actually from seeing it originally, although obviously it did make an impact. So I'm thinking of the time when it just got released on video. Mm-hmm. And I'm living in Manchester. Uh, and I went into HMV on the Monday morning that Remembrance came out on uh, on VHS, as I always <laughs> did. <laughs> Managed to find an excuse to get out of work, to go into town, um, I had to get out on the morning, you know, had, had to do that. Uh, and I walked into, they had a massive HMV on, on Oxford Street in Manchester. Mm-hmm. And I went upstairs. And they had a uh, a wall of TV monitors making one massive screen. So it was virtually like a huge cinema screen mm-hmm. in the middle of the store. Vast thing. And I walked up there and as I, as I came up the escalator, uh, walked ahead, there was this screen full of the cliffhanger for episode two, which obviously I knew damn well by then. Yeah. I'd, had, I had it on my own home video that I taped. I had the audio, which I was still doing and listening to many millions of times probably <laughs> um but to walk up the stairs and see that cliffhanger which i think is a great cliffhanger oh, wow, um, the daleks yeah. advancing on ace the music good old calf's music really pounding the scream of exterminate Those beautiful white and gold daleks ace yeah. being heroic ah oh, amazing but to yeah. see it on this massive massive wall oh i was just rooted to the spot and just thought wow. If I ever, if ever, and I didn't, but if ever I doubted that I loved Doctor Who, then, you know, <laughs> it, that, if there ever had been a shred of a doubt, um, it would have been
0: dissipated at that moment. Glorious. And, and I suppose uh, because it was, wasn't was the Remembrance of the Daleks released with the chase in a, in the Daleks. It and, was indeed. I suppose we should be thankful that they weren't showing a cliffhanger oh goodness, from the chase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe they actually put that up. Yeah, if we had Peter Purvis doing his Morton Dill impression (laughs) on on full cinema screen, uh, I think I might have had a slightly different reaction.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Even they thought twice about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so those are some of the ones that really had an impact on me. But you asked me for a favourite. How the hell do you pick a favourite? So... I'm going quite left field, but again, this one really sang to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some people probably scratch their heads because it's not one of the ones that you would normally go to. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to pick the end of Nightmare of Eden, episode two. Mm -hmm. So the Doctor and Romana being chased by the excise men. Um, They run into the room with the CET machine, turn on the image of Eden. And up to that point, we've only seen stuff come out of the projection of Eden. So we've seen a little... Um, well, supposed to be an insect, but it's just a little blob of light come out and attack Romana in part one. So we kind of know things can come out of the projection, but, you know, we don't know what's going on. Tom turns on or tells Romana to turn on the, the projection of Eden. Uh, he then does my absolute favourite thing in Doctor Who, and that's grabs the companion's hand. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is such a beautiful image, but whenever any doctor does it with a companion, I just think it's glorious. It mm-hmm. just really sings, grabs Romana's hand And they run together into the screen, which we would not seen to that point. uh, And the image is held as we crash into the music. And it's one of those cliffhangers, not how are they going to get out of that? But it's like, what the hell just happened? How Mm. did that happen? Mm. What's going on? And I think some of those are the best cliffhangers because it's not that, oh, he's going to get out of it in a minute. by He's not being sentenced to death and someone's about to walk in and say, stop. (laughs) <laughs> mm. which we get so many times. It's not obvious cliffhanger from that point no. of view. It's it's more subtle and it's what's happening. You know, I didn't know that could happen. Where is this story going next? It's clearly, it's going somewhere different from where we thought it was. Yeah, so It's very clever for that. I think Dudley's music is exemplary in that moment. Uh, Tom and Lala are lovely together and have got such chemistry um, and the holding of hands running together into danger. What could sum up Doctor Who
0: better? Yeah, it's it's the it's the little leap that they do as they jump yes. into it as well absolutely. There's, there's something about that i've rewatched uh, the the cliffhanger uh, the other day just to prepare for this and it's the there's something about that him grabbing her hand and then just leaping into there it's leaping into the unknown isn't it it's
1: absolutely but again it's the kind of stuff you don't you know that doesn't happen on any other tv show there's nowhere else would you get that kind of leap of imagination it's yeah. glorious um, wow. And it's yeah, it's absolutely what's going to happen. I didn't know that could happen. Where are we going?
0: Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And 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 I think as well, uh, you know, season season seventeen is uh, is one of those series or seasons that I haven't seen a lot of. I've seen that I've seen the whole thing. I've watched Doctor Who multiple times from beginning to end. But season seventeen, I think, is 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 being reappraised these days. I think in and in much the right same so. ways. Yeah, it, 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 in the same way as perhaps season 24 is as well that more people are re-evaluating it and it's getting a lot more love now and i think for me i hadn't seen a lot of it because uh mainly because of the vhs's they they didn't tend to release them uh release season 17 um Mm -hmm. until the the back end of the when the releases were 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 finishing so i hadn't seen a lot of it
1: embarrassing uncle of doctor who wasn't it for a long time. That's it. Kept, and it kept him in the back. Don't, yeah. Don't like, oh, any parties? Yeah, let's
0: <laughs> let's let's let him out when everything else has been released, you know. Exactly. And 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 I think that's such a shame because because it is I, I try and go back to the stories I haven't seen a lot of. So I haven't seen a lot of Nightmare of Eden. I think the first time I saw it was probably uh, I had an I had an uncle who used to record um record it off UK gold for for me so I'd seen it back then um back in probably it was probably broadcast about 94 95 on UK gold and and I probably watched it once and and that was it and and I've seen it a couple of times since then but I when you compare it to stories that I've watched over and over again like remembrance of the Daleks the demons you know Unearthly an child it's it, it's one of those stories that is I, 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 want to, I want to watch it more yeah. because I think there's so much to love in that story and so much to love in that season as well. Well, City
1: of Death gets so lauded. I mean, I think in the recent DWM poll, it was was top net of the Toms.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and I really like City of Death, but actually mm. to me, Creature from the Pit, Nightmare of Eden, Horns of Nymon, exemplary Doctor Who, mm. all three of them.
0: And I think this is, you know, a good thing about, about doing a podcast now as well is that, whether it's through this or whether it's through uh, Joe's podcast, whether it's through Dave's podcast, uh, uh, you know, we're we're getting love for all the stories now, I think.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Whereas those those
1: stories, Douglas Adams was a very clever man, as we all know. Mm. But I think those those three, those middle three in particular, I mean, they were exactly right for me. I'd only recently started audioing it. So I know the soundtracks, you know, I know every line inside out makes watching it, quite odd because I know every single sound every beat of the music every line every background sound I know so well and had ingrained because I listened to it over and over and over and over and over and over (laughs) again um until you know you almost begin to lose the story because you listen to it so many times yeah but they're just such clever witty creative inventive um glorious stories and you're right they do they do get Unmercifully pulled to bits, and I couldn't believe when I joined fandom how much vitriol season seventeen got. Mm. Not a lover of Destiny, I find it a bit dry, but yeah. City of Death is is amazing. But the next mm. three for me are just—I think they're peak Doctor Who, the vintage mm. Doctor Who.
0: Yeah, love them, and such good chemistry between Tom and Lalla as well.
1: Yeah, superb, really worked well.
0: And I I, I like that Lalla is kind of playing the role of the Doctor sometimes in 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 the. In the show, where Tom's Tom's sometimes playing Tom, and <laughs> he does a bit by that point, <laughs> yeah, and, he's got and a bit
1: carried away. He
0: has, yeah, but but Lala can kind of carry those stories on her shoulders sometimes. And, and I how think dare that's... you miss
1: that mentioning K nine? Come on! Oh
0: God, yeah, K nine.
1: Well, of course, we yeah. have got Daily Bre- David Brails voice, which is a bit took a yeah. Little yeah. Little bit of getting used to, but it's still yeah, it's still. I mean, K-9, what, what a trio! It? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But yeah, go back and watch those three. Jim, there. are uh, well worth watching it again and again
0: i think uh, i think uh, I- i'm quite feeling like watching the horns of naimon actually oh, it's a <laughs> so conflict. again it's another story i have probably only watched two three times in my life so wow. yeah, i want to go back and go back and rewatch uh, the horns Get of on naimon that boss. i think <laughs> yeah. the naimon be praised <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks rod for some exceptional choices there in part two we'll be heading into some more interesting areas of the discussion where rod will be talking about some cold openings some pairings and some arcs or at least one arc in particular don't forget you can follow me on twitter at fractured boy so that's at fractured so f-r-a-k-t-u-r-e-d boy you can also follow me on Blue Sky at fracturedboy.bsky.social. And you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music currently. So join us again for part two. But for now, whatever you're doing, stay safe, and we'll see you again soon.